What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Empire Radio Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Jeremiah. I'm Drew. And we hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Yep. I I I think we all did. Yep. Uh, yeah. I had my neighbors yeah. over. We kind of broke the law here in Minnesota, but whatever. Wow. Now. So Jeremiah is now wanted in 12 systems mm, ooh. for that move. Only 12, though. How many systems yeah. don't are get there cocky. in Star Wars? Like, don't get every cocky. system uh, a, like a star? Like each star is a system, or what is? A well, system? it's kind of ambiguous is it because like a region. Well, because like I've heard like they're in the Hoth system, but then you only see Hoth, and I'm like, what well, do they just name? Is is a system like a planet and its moon, or a planet and its like suns, or what? I don't know. I don't know, but, but tattooing regardless, be, you're wanted be, in be 12 two of systems because there's two suns. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a part A and a part B. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are Anyways, I digress. Lot, so. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving, wonderful life day. Um, it's kind of the Wookiee equivalent of that. And we're pleased to announce that we are going to be discussing book two. Uh, Dark Force Rising of the expanded, the now expanded universe Thrawn trilogy today. But before we do, as always, we're going to talk a little bit about our sponsor for today, our first sponsor for today's episode, Cufflinks.com. So you'll hear a little bit more about them in a second. But first, here is a quick reminder that we are in week five, five of our giveaways, yes. six, five, week five of our giveaways from them. And each week we have been giving away a really awesome Star Wars related uh, accessory from cufflinks.com. And you're probably like, well, that's cool, but is it is it really is it really nice? Yes, they've all been really nice. We've had some great socks. We've had uh, a lapel pin, always a fan of lapel pins. And this week we're giving away a tie. A bow tie? No, no, a no. necktie. A necktie. <laughs> no, you actually have to tie this one, Drew. Dang it. Well, <laughs> hey, they give you a sheet can... and they teach you how to do it. So, yeah, all you got to do is tie it once and then you're good. Yep, that's yep. all my ties. Yep. I've only been tied once. <laughs> <laughs> but we, it, was more, it was more relevant than we actually thought because it happens to be a, uh, a tie centered around who we now know as Grogu. Spoilers! Uh, from the Mandalorian. Spoilers! If no. you, hey man, some people don't watch the Mandalorian yet, and they come here to not listen about the Mandalorian. It's been four days. Some people want to binge it all. At once. If, okay, if you're all choosing right. well, you to listen what? to this podcast before Mandalorian stuff, like kudos a, 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 a random <laughs> an EU book over the Mandalorian, like come on. Hey, yeah. why are you judging people? Honestly, <laughs> Jeremiah, I'm I'm what? even after this last episode, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> 
<laughs> but anyways, we're, we're giving away a tie this week, and it's a really nice tie. And if you would like to enter a giveaway uh, to win that tie, you go over to the links on our Instagram account as well as our Facebook accounts. Yep. Uh, a Facebook account, excuse me, singular. And uh, it's really easy. All you have to do is enter your name and your email, and then there are four ways you can collect entries. Each one of those ways is worth a different amount. You don't have to do all of them, but you might as well to get the most entries to uh, make sure you have the best chances of winning that tie. And uh, we will be drawing the winner in two days at the time of recording this. So Thursday, December 4th? Third. Third. Today's the first. It's a Thursday, though. It's been a whirlwind today. Uh, so Thursday, December 3rd at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we will announce the winner on our social medias and contact that person via email to claim their giveaway item. If you have already entered or if you have won, first of all, congratulations again. You still have to re-enter though. <laughs> if you want to keep winning. Uh, we, if you want to keep winning, yes. So uh, just because you've won or you've entered before does not mean you are uh, in the pool of uh, contestants for this giveaway. You're not. You have to re-enter. So yeah, just because you, sure you entered so. once doesn't mean you are in all of them either. So Correct. if you didn't win yet, you still have to do it. Sorry. Yep. But that's that about the giveaway. Uh, giveaway start on Friday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard and end the following Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard. So we're in the middle of one right now. Go check it out. And without further ado, let's take a quick break, just a quick one, and listen to a word from the first sponsor of today's episode, cufflinks.com. Hey everyone, Andrew here with a word from the sponsor of today's episode, cufflinks.com. If you didn't know, cufflinks.com is the premium men's accessory marketplace, and they offer a wide array of products, including cufflinks, ties, lapel pins, and much more. The awesome thing about cufflinks.com is that they partnered with popular brands like Star Wars to bring you exclusive, officially licensed products. They're even coming out with new Star Wars products surrounding the release of The Mandalorian Season 2 that you're not going to want to miss. This means that you can add a dapper Star Wars element to all of your formal outfits. Want to snag something awesome for yourself? Well, put in the code EMPIRE15, that's with a capital E and no space, at checkout and you'll receive 15% off your order with no minimum purchase. Still not convinced? Well, cufflinks.com offers incredible customer service, free shipping on orders over $100, and one to five day delivery anywhere in the United States. Trust me, there's no way you could have a bad feeling about making your next purchase at cufflinks.com. All right, you should definitely go check it out. Do it. Head over to cufflinks.com, look at some uh, some really cool Star Wars stuff. And hey, maybe you like some, you know, other fandoms like marvel or maybe you're like a sports person and you like the nba or whatever the other sports are i i don't know much about them but if you want to <laughs> get some officially licensed products you can they have them on their website as well they also have some designer uh, and, stuff too so if you're mm-hmm. oh one of 500 million dollar powerball like yeah there's some stuff on there you can get. let me tell you something this is not just baby yoda ties this is they're a, there's a they're an accessory company first. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like they did the Star Wars thing. Like they have really nice stuff on there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a new review as of earlier today for one of their products done by yours truly on our YouTube channel Empire Radio 
a Star Wars podcast. So if you want to uh, get more information about one of their really cool products, head over to our YouTube and check it out and subscribe while you're there. But speaking of subscriptions, we're doing Thrawn Book 2, and neither of those are related, but (laughs) we're here now. So here's how this episode is going to work in light of last week's episode. I'm going to do something that I hope will help the listeners um, and you lovely gentlemen that I'm speaking to now uh, grasp some of the continuity and keep an overall story as we're going through the graphic novel. So for those of you that weren't here last week, we did book one and we are going through the graphic novel adaptations of the books because they're more summarized than the actual novels themselves. And maybe some of you do, but I don't think many of you want to listen to a six-hour episode on like a, a novel. So we're doing it this way. And to make things even easier, we are going to, I'm going to read the summaries for the first book to get everybody caught up. Um, and the second book out of... The Star Wars Essential Reader's Companion, written by, uh, primarily by Pablo Hildago. Hildago, excuse me. I believe some other people contributed, but his name's on the front. Uh, and if you know Star Wars, you know his name. True. Yep. He's he's kind of a legend when it comes to Star Wars continuity Cause stuff. Because he's the guy that makes sure like everything is continuity and everything. Yes. So. Yeah, that's and a, that's why this a lot this, of birds this, on your shoulder to make yeah. sure yeah. everything lines up and everything they make. <laughs> Mr. Editor. Well, it's it's kind of sad because I was telling uh, Jeremiah and Drew right before we started recording that this this reader's companion that I'm going to be reading from before Disney stepped in and wiped everything out uh was the official canon uh reader's guide. It has everything from the the very first novels in the timeline, so the Dawn of the Jedi and the Sith, um, the Old Republic, all that stuff, all the way to the very ends of the expanded universe post Return of the Jedi. So it has everything, all the main stories. It's it's actually reading it by itself is almost as good as like reading a Star Wars novel because it gives summaries of each of the books. It gives you a list of the worlds they visit during the books. It gives you a list of canon or excuse me, characters, it gives you a list of the timeline placement and everything. How many pages uh, and, is this thing? Like I can I can tell you. Like five Do you have a physical page. copy of this? Yeah. Dang. You can get it from Barnes and Noble. It's like thirty bucks. Well it's not canon, so don't waste uh, your time. But yeah. Anyways, yeah. Oh my gosh, you guys are the worst. <laughs> it's four hundred it's four hundred and sixty nine pages. Oh that's it. That's okay. it. Chump change. I mean it's a it's a big it's a big book. It's not like a little thing. Um, and the cool, one of my favorite things is that they included um, commissioned artist renditions of some of these scenes. So before you have like a graphic novel adaptation, this is how people kind of get a grasp of what's going on visually in these novels. Cool. So anyways, uh, Thrawn Trilogy, for those of you that don't know, here's a, here's a brief kind of blurb. It was considered by many to be the sequel trilogy of the expanded universe. So it was kind of considered to be the seven, the eight and the nine um, posters from the Jedi stories uh, for the longest time written by Timothy Zahn, the main man and creator of Thrawn himself. Um, and he is also the author of the Canon Thrawn novels, which is why they're so good because 
Disney did a good thing and brought him back. I was going to say, you know what's crazy is we had another coincidence. What? Based around the Mandalorian. Oh, do you really? You want to go into this? I mean, we are we are spoilers (laughs) three, two, one. But Thrawn was dropped for the Mandalorian. Yes, Thrawn the was dropped. The name of Thrawn was dropped. So I think it's kind of funny. I feel like people might think that we're telling the future or we have some inside jobs. And maybe we do. I don't know. Maybe one of us is Force-sensitive. Well, well, based, based, on, YouTube. based on a review. <laughs> based today. on my video, it's not me. <laughs> okay, so let's begin with a summary. I'm going to summarize the first book first to give us some context. And then we're going to go straight into the second book and then dive in to the graphic novels to give you guys some visual context as well. So, uh, beginning with book number one, the Empire has withered to a quarter of its former size as the New Republic continues to consolidate its hold on the galaxy. From the unknown regions emerges a new Imperial commander, a mysterious tactical genius named Grand Admiral Thrawn, with an elaborate and grandiose plan to destroy the New Republic, commanding the Star Destroyer Chimera, which, oh, well, I'll say this, Chimera with Captain Pelion, which, by the way, are both they brought into canon. Yep. Thrawn begins an intricate stratagem built from pieces of information gleaned from across the galaxy. From a data raid in the Abora Sky system, he obtains the location of one of the Emperor's secret storehouses, Mount Tantis on Wayland. From the Forest of Merkur, he produce, uh, procures a peculiar... Force repelling creature called a Yasilamari or Yasilamir, excuse me. With a Yasilamir carried on in a specialized backpack, Thrawn arrives on Wayland, immune to the force abilities of Jorus Sabauth, the mad Jedi clone guarding the Emperor's storehouse. Sabauth uh, figures into Thrawn's plans. The loyal force sensitive can help coordinate Thrawn's fighting forces to a supernatural degree. The Grand Admiral offers the insane Jedi the promise of new apprentices since Luke Skywalker endeavors to rebuild the Jedi Order. On a New Republic diplomatic mission to Bimisari, Bimisari, shadowy uh, alien assailants, Thrawn's no-greed death commandos attack Luke and Leia in a failed kidnapping attempt. Wary of such near misses, a pregnant Leia hides out on Kashyyyk with Chewbacca and his fellow Wookiees as protectors. They defend her from another strike, capturing one of the Nogri. Uh, I'm going to attempt this here. Karabakh. Bach. There's more in it, I think. Yeah, anyways. Karabakh in the process. <laughs> Leia is stunned when the Nogri proclaims fealty to her upon discovering, through his powerful sense of smell, that she is biologically related to Darth Vader. The Nogri venerate Vader as a savior. Elsewhere in the galaxy, when Luke narrowly escapes an Imperial ambush, he is stranded. Uh, he is found stranded in space by smugglers Talon Card and Mara Jade. Mara is a tight-lipped, intensely focused woman who has been with Card's organization for only six months. She seemingly senses Luke's presence in interstellar space and exhibits an intense hatred of the Jedi. Talon, realizing that Luke may be of great value, keeps him locked up in a supply shed at his headquarters on Merkur using the force-blocking power of the Asilomari against him. Han Solo and Lando Calrissian attempt to connect with Card's organization, and the Cordius smuggler, smuggler hosts them at Merkur, all while keeping Luke's imprisonment a secret from them. Luke escapes, however, and Mara gives pursuit. 
The two are forced to work side by side to survive the dangers of the forest. Here, Luke discovers that Mara was once an emperor's hand. Both both are capitalized, so there were more of them, but she was one of the emperor's hands. And that the death of Palpatine destroyed Mara's life. Thrawn's next major move in his campaign against the New Republic is an attack on the bustling shipyards of Sluis Vaughn. Using specially modified mining equipment stolen from a complex owned by Lando Calrissian, Thrawn's intent is not to destroy the New Republic fleet, but rather than but rather to steal it. The mining equipment cuts into the control systems of the undercrewed ships, allowing Thrawn's troops to com- commandeer the vessels. Through the New Republic, though the New Republic manages to thwart Thrawn's theft before he can complete it, the victory is costly as it leaves many vessels inoperable. Compounding the New Republic's difficulties are feats of political overreach and backstabbing from the New Republic counselor, Borsk Falia. Hoping to more firmly entrench Bothan political power at the expense of the rival Mon Calamari, Falia uh, pounces upon evidence planted by the Empire asserting that Admiral Akbar was guilty of embezzlement. So that's kind of a, that's a summary of the first book. Poor Admiral Akbar. That's that's literally where we left off. If you guys remember, it was like mm-hmm. the last cell of the comic was like, "Hey, yeah, he's been he's been accused of." It tra- was a trap, and he didn't even see it himself. Ah, you're right. He, poor guy. Mm. <laughs> he's fallen so far. He's not in his A game since nope. indoor. Mm. All right, you re- you guys ready to hear the the story oh. continue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ready. How about you? The li- how about you, the listeners? Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Okay, cool. We're ready. All right. Oh, this, <laughs> I don't like that. This deal is getting worse and worse all the time. <laughs> it's a trap. Okay. It's a trap. Okay, so book two. Here we go. Uh, this is what we will be covering tonight in a hopefully a much quicker fashion. Uh, Solo and Calrissian embark on a private investigation into these Bothan affairs. Sounds like a like a good metal band name, Bothan Affairs. Nope. Okay. I don't know. Well, 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 Drew, uh, which, he was in a metal band, right? I feel like Andrew I was also you? in a metal band. I was going to say, oh. yeah, that's kind of two of my brother in laws. Oh, and what were the uh, names of your guys' bands? Oh, I don't want to talk no. about it. Oh, that bad? Huh? Nah. We're not going there. <laughs> We're not going there. Uh. Keep going. So anyways, <laughs> Solo and Calrissian embark on a private investigation into these Bothan affairs, not a metal band, uh, which leads them to New Cove. Cove? Or Cove? I, Cove. It's C-O-V. Cove. New Cove? Cove. There's no E, but Cove. That their allies of Phalia have been helping Graham Bell, or excuse me, Garm Bell Iblis fight his own private war against the Empire. Bell Iblis a former Corellian senator and co-founder of the Rebel Alliance, had a falling out with Mon Mothma. Mm. He never joined the New Republic, opting to wage war on his own. He has gradually come to realize that his pride and his refusal to cooperate have kept him from better helping the cause of freedom in the galaxy. Uh, for those of you that are f- uh, familiar with the Force Unleashed, the first one, he is a major player in that game and also helps co-found the Rebel Alliance in that game as well. So that's something yeah. they were they were pulling from in those <clears throat> games. Uh, while with Bell Iblis, 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 I'm going to say Iblis, uh, Han and Lando find evidence that some of the Corellian senators' warships were dreadnoughts from the fabled Katana fleet. 
The 200 ships strong task force vanished into hyperspace on its maiden voyage during the final decades of the Galactic Republic and has been the subject of treasure-seeking spacer legends ever since. Finding the fleet's heavily armed and armored warships would represent a huge boon to either the Empire or the New Republic. The ever-resourceful Talon Card has a lead on the ships. He was once a protege of Jor Cardas, a well-informed smuggler who knew of the fleet's location. Leia voyages to Honegger, the planet of the Nogri. They say that. Leia voyages to Honegger, the poison homeworld of the Nogri, with her captive would-be assassin, Karabach. Kabarach. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I'm not a native Nogri speaker. Mm. Uh, Jeremiah so is. That's me. why he's not saying anything. Yeah, he's judging me hard right now. Uh, so Leia journeys uh, with her one, once assassin. Once he was what? trying to kill her. She, yeah, he. Uh, she journeys with him to Honegger, the planet of the Nogri. The honor-bound Nogri keep her hidden on the planet despite visiting Imperials. Leia learns of the Nogri history, how their planet was poisoned during the Clone Wars by a starship crash, and how Darth Vader engineered a plan to save the planet's crippled agriculture to keep it uh, habitable. Leia's inspection of the decon droids, the decontamination droids, tasked with maintaining Honegger's crops reveals a deep betrayal. The droids are poisoning the planet just enough to keep the Nogri subservient to the Empire. Meanwhile, Luke follows rumors of a Jedi Knight ruling on distant Jomark and finds Jorus Sabalth there. Sabalth takes Skywalker under his wing, teaching Luke his distressing authoritarian view of Jedi in society. Luke comes to realize that Jorus is not just touched by the dark side, but also insane. The hunt for the Katana fleet leaves, leads to a standoff between New Republic and Imperial forces in the depths of space. The Empire succeeds in cap capturing most of the Dreadnoughts, while the New Republic discovers something just as disturbing. The stormtroopers who attacked them during the battle were freshly produced clones. Ooh. Ooh. Thrawn has the technology to build an army, and a new era of Clone Wars may fall upon the galaxy. Ooh, I like, I like. I liked it. Yeah. Wait, that I'm telling you it? guys. Yeah, that's book two. Oh, wow. Well, that was a good episode, guys. Make sure... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, the book three does get better. Like, it continues get better. to get better we through the rest clones. of these. What, what, what's better than clones? Yeah, I'm, clones. All, I'm all so about here re at, fake reproducing, man. Uh, <laughs> okay, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You heard it here first, folks. Um, <laughs> so let's, let's, before we dive into the graphic novels... Uh, or the graphic novel and, and and start looking through these Novelty. these events. Here here are the main points that were the plot points for this book. Uh, so Han and Lando are beginning to investigate the uh, treason, the accusations of treason uh, for Admiral Akbar, and in the process they learn of Grambel Ibis, Garambel Ibis, Iblis. God, I'm gonna destroy that every time. I'm sorry, y'all. Um, and the Katana fleet, who uh, or which they're looking for to help the New Republic forces because they need ships. So that's kind of one subplot. They're looking for the ships. Talon Card has a lead on them. They're trying to find them, right? Um, then the second sub 
plot is Leia on Honiger and her interactions with the Nogri. And then we have the third subplot for this novel uh, in which Luke journeys to Joe Mark, meets up with this insane Jedi, and has some dealings with him there. Um, all of these books are kind of like that, where there's like a Han thing, and there's like a Leia thing, and then there's like a Luke thing, and they all keep them pretty central to the story, which is, again, why I think they feel like uh, Seven, eight, nine. a natural progression. Yeah. All right. Let's dive in, shall we? We're gonna, I'm going to present my screen. For those of you uh, that cannot see, most of you <laughs> that cannot see what I'm about to present to Jeremiah and Drew through our video call, I'm going to try to be as descriptive as I possibly can with the important stuff so you can have a, uh, an image of it in your mind. All right, can you guys see? She's loading. There, there, there it go. goes. There we go. We're looking at the cover for the first issue of Dark Force Rising. All right. Is that supposed to be the Emperor? Let's jump in. Ah, uh, yes. See. Si. See, si, senor. Set. Yeah. All right. So, uh, this is, this picks up, uh, here's some more context. So, if you remember in the first book, the climax of the first book was on uh, Merker, and they had that big shootout in the city. In the, in the main city. And uh, Talon Card and Han Solo and Luke and all them and Mara Jade uh, defeated the Imperial forces and drove them out. Yep. Mm-hmm. So this picks up right after this. So what we're seeing here is Grand Admiral Thrawn and Captain Palian, and they are in orbit over Merker. Um, and they're talking about... Thrawn's discussing how um, he left some troops on the surface... They're monitoring Hill, uh, Hillian, Hilliard, Hilliard City, which is the city from the first, the first novel, the end of the first novel. And then what we will see here is that he is also raiding Talon Card's stronghold. Um, but grown. unbeknownst to the Empire, uh, there's no one there. So in one of these little dialogues, one of the troopers is like, we're only getting, you know, 20 life, po- life forms on our scanners, and they show up, and it's like animals in the trees. Mm. There's no one there. Uh, Merker is a lot like Indoor. Uh, for those of you that can't see, it looks a lot like Indoor. And Talon Card's stronghold even kind of reminds me a little bit of Yavin 4. Uh, it's definitely not a temple, um, but it does have a similar look to it. Um, where it's kind of like a stone clearing surrounded by trees in a forest. Uh, and even in the middle of the main building, there's a tree running right through the middle of the main building. So there's no one there. And then we jump to space, and we find out that Talon Card and Mara Jade, and I presume that some of his uh, other crew members, are hiding in a ship on the other side of an asteroid where the Star Destroyer can't see them. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. So... It's it's simple enough that because like even uh what was it is it Mara she's like this isn't gonna work what if they spot us in towns like no 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 Theron doesn't expect people to not run from him because everyone runs from him you know because he's such a brilliant tactician he's like they're gonna expect us to run 
So we're just going to hide here. Um, Interesting. Yes. So they're hiding. Uh, I mean, like just out of orbit. So behind how an does asteroid. he know Thrawn? Like, how would he know that about Thrawn? His reputation. Is oh. Thrawn well known throughout the galaxy? Then at this point, like he is everyone, now. Okay. Like... He is now. Yeah. I mean, with some of it, the victories uh, in the first book and those prior, some of the stuff he's done prior. Everyone um, knows of Thrawn at this point, pretty much. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it this way, the Empire is destroyed, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden this guy comes out of nowhere and starts winning battles yeah, left and right, sense. you know? So, word travels fast. Let's see. So, Thrawn's like, hey, actually, I have a, a suspicion that they're in space, basically. And then what is interesting here is that Mara senses the impending threat of Thrawn's Star Destroyer before they actually notice they're there. Oh. So she begins to, f- to flee. Uh, they try to capture them in a tractor beam, and they end up running away. I think they, I think they end up placing... The asteroid, if I remember correctly in the book, I'm pretty sure they place the uh, the asteroid between them and the Star Destroyer and break free, but regardless, they get away. Gotcha. So then there's Captain Paleans. He's like, yo, uh, the, this insane Jedi's on the line, and uh, what does he say? There's been another communication from Joe Mark, and... Thrawn's like, yo, you have to make it clear to this guy for me that I'm going to do what I say that I'm going to do, but it's just going to take time. And he's like, sir, he's re- he's warned me repeatedly that he can't predict when Skywalker will arrive. And then like Thrawn like sighs and he's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to deal with it. Blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> uh, so the, the Jedi is becoming a pain in Thrawn's side, but it's one that he's willing to work with at the expense of uh, maintaining or attaining his goals. Now we wait for the next slide to load. Wonderful. There you know what? Is. You didn't need it anyways. I'm going to summarize it for you. So Lando and Luke are looking for a slicer code. And they are going to be meeting up with this man named Niles Farrier. Gonna say, you know what he looks like? Looks like my dad a little Rambo? bit. Rambo? What? That's weird. From my dad, uh, like from like the nineties. Oh yeah, <laughs> he looks like Rambo to me. Chuck Norris. I'm getting very mm. Chuck Norris vibe. Dude, yeah, he's got the beard and the mm-hmm. headband. And yeah. I don't know why he's, what is he smoking? I don't know, but. It's a space cigar. <clears throat> Dustic. Dustic, that's what, that's what I was trying to think. Oh, yeah. What was that word again? Dustic. Would you like to buy some Dustics? So, <laughs> gosh. So Lando's like, he's one of the best spaceship thieves in the galaxy. Can you sense him? Luke senses him. He's got aliens with him. They turn around a corner and boom, there's a shadow. Wait, 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 so, wait, wait. Intru- so he was given a name. Of someone, and he could just think about that name and find out where he is? No. So there's a little bit of dialogue where Lando describes him, 
He's like human, big and thick, probably have a has a beard, definitely smoking a cigar. Do you remember seeing him in the crowd? And he goes back through the force, I guess, and uses his memory to, to oh. find him again. Okay. I was like, dang, you can so conjure anyone up in the galaxy and find him. Well, I mean That'd be pretty intense. So they turn a corner, and this is really interesting. There's a shadow. That shadow is an alien. It's Nine. called a wraith. Oh. Yeah. It's called a wraith. Um, so basically, they they catch this guy trying to steal a Republic freighter. Not a good thing yeah, to be caught that stealing. That's not something Truck Norris would do. But Right. And basically, they say, okay, give us the splicer code, and we'll let you leave, basically. And then, so he hands over the splicer, the slicer access codes. They give him an hour to get off the planet. And then the last thing you see is Lando's like, because Luke's waiting on his X-Wing to be fixed where they're at. And he's like, maybe we can use this slicer code to get your X-Wing higher up on the list. (laughs) And Luke's like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, well, that's not a very honest thing to do, but whatever. So anyways, Luke and Lando have a slicer code now, which is essentially like a backdoor into any computer system. Nice. So then Han comes back to Coruscant. There's a little moment between him and Leia. It's really cute. And then Leia walks him in to straight into a hearing about Admiral Akbar. So they start asking this questions like about Admiral in, like, Akbar. Nothing was happening. Like, no, but it, she led him straight into the room. Gotcha. And she, it, Leia, so Han goes, whose idea was this? And Leia goes, Mon Mothma set it up. I'd bet it was uh, Phalia's idea, though. So they're asking him questions. Um, they're asking him questions about the battle at Sluis Vaughn and the mining equipment that took control of the ships that we mentioned. Um, basically, they're just grilling him about Admiral Akbar, and you can tell from the dialogue that Phalia has an agenda, and that agenda is to get more Bothan control in the capital. Um, they also don't like the Mon Calamari for whatever reason, so they're kind of racist too. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so let's see. Then Admiral Akbar charges Han with getting him clear of the charges. And Han's like, I'm going to go do it. And we're going to skip some stuff because this is just dialogue. This is kind of, yeah, this is all dialogue. So basically the big takeaway from this is that Han has been charged with finding out what happened to Admiral Akbar by Admiral Akbar himself. So then we have a new base for Talon Card. We see him and Mara Jade. And... They are talking, and this is something that I wanted to sit on for just a second. Um, she's talking about her senses. Um, but she's talking about, like, I can't turn it off, on or off, like a sensor pack. He's like, ah, interesting. Is this some remnant of Jedi training? Um And then she says, tell me about the ships. Changes the conversation super quickly. He says, excuse me. She says, the capital warships you were so careful not to tell Grand Almathron about when he visited us on Merker. You promised to give me the details later. This is later. So now she's trying to get Talon Card to tell her about 
the Katana fleet that we read about earlier. He said, all right, have you ever heard of the Katana fleet? She says, also known as the Dark Force, something like 200 Dreadnought-class heavy cruisers lost about 10 years before the Clone Wars. All the ships were fitted with full rig slave circuitry, which is pretty incredible because that means you can remote control them. That is one reason why the Empire and the New Republic are after these ships is because with a skeleton crew, give or take, they can be fully automated under a slave circuit and you have a small army on your Mm -hmm. hand. I mean, a a relatively large size army on your hands. Interesting. Uh, So anyways, he talks about they got lost and he knows where he can find them or he has a lead on where he can find them. Um, because he, Captain made an emergency jump to light speed, not a good idea. Our ship hit a mass shadow of a large comet, blowing the main hyperdrive. Five of our crew were killed in the collision. Three more died of injuries. Uh, so basically they stumbled upon these ships while he was under the tutelage of another smuggler and he has a lead on how to get them back. So... Mara chases someone. She senses someone outside. She chases him, blah, 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 blah. And we're going to keep going. Because this is all kind of filler information. So then Mara begins, uh, as they are in space, she's sleeping and she begins to have dreams. And I don't think they're going to tell you about him. But she, in the novels, it talks about how she has dreams of the Emperor and he's giving her orders and stuff like that and dreams of her time as the Emperor's hand and they're haunting her. And it talks about how she she believes that she won't be able to get rid of them until uh, she kills Luke Skywalker and avenges the Emperor. She also believes that the Emperor is telling her to do that, to kill Luke Skywalker inside her dreams and inside her mind. So it's really strange because for, so here's a spoiler. The Emperor's not back in this one, but for a little bit, you're like, is the Emperor telling her things from beyond the grave? And that's not really the case, but she still has these dreams in somewhat of a like PTSD type feel. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's force sensitive. So does she know she's force sensitive? Like, like what? Yes. And, but she's like not doesn't have a lot of training on her or what so or we I, learn more about I, that I believe they get in on. I think we do but I'll just go and go ahead and get into it here so she was an emperor's hand and a brief explanation of that is that like the canon oh, this is really bad but it would be it would be like the canon equivalent of like an imperial security agent and an inquisitor. Mm. So she was force sensitive. She had, I think she had a lightsaber too. She could use the force uh, on, you know, a a basic level to like sense things, use it to augment her fighting ability. Mm -hmm. I believe do like mind tricks and stuff and some other things. She, she was kind of like an assassin and also a spy. And like I said, it was kind of like she was a secret agent, but also had some of the duties of the inquisitor where she kind of acted as a Force-sensitive extension of the Emperor and Darth Vader. Kind of like um, the Knights of Ren that are supposedly Force-sensitive yeah. agents. Kind of. Finger quotes. Yeah, Supposedly. Kind of. 
<laughs> yeah, if you guys are doing finger quotes, remember I can't. I can only see the comic. Oh. I can't see your. <laughs> and then we're into issue number two well, as she's having a bad dream. Oh, issue number two. I was like, wait, that was the whole book. Um, no. No. So if if we're looking back at the at the summary we have, we really haven't gotten too far into the story yet uh except for the the accounts of treason uh filed against Admiral Akbar and him telling Hanum who originally uh, eventually uh recruits Lando to go uh clear his name and I think we're going to get a lot more in the next the this issue in the next one so um so anyways Thrawn's looking for Talon Card, and he's also winning battles left and right. That's what you need to know. <laughs> and then, this is where Leia goes to meet up with her Nogri friend uh, at the rendezvous point. Because you remember in the first novel, she was like, meet me at this place in orbit above mm-hmm. this, I think it's Merkur. Um, meet me above this plant, or no, it was Endor, I'm sorry. Meet me above Endor in one month, and we'll meet, and then we'll you'll take me to your planet. Well, that's what her and Chewie are doing in the Falcon. So she is going to meet Kabarak above Endor. <laughs> he's not He's not there yet. Oh, that picture, she's really showing. Yeah, oh, she's yeah, showing her, she's her belly. And she has like been... Hitting the gym too. Look at those arms. Mm-hmm. She, she's a, I mean, she is a Jedi. Well, after I mean, kind of. Uh, let's see. She fainted. Anyways, typical <laughs> pregnant ladies. Yeah. yeah, she has. It's like a force thing. Oh. Yada yada yada. Anyway, so they wait for her. Then. Looks like, uh, looks like Han is a little pregnant in that picture too. <laughs> okay, it's just because of the way his shirt is. So Han, look, Han, Han, and Lando travel to a place called Illic, uh, and they are looking for leads on where to find stuff about Amar Akbar. So they're walking around, and then they're talking, and Han's like, "Quiet that Bothan down there to the left." That's it's okay. Let me see if I can pronounce this correctly. Tav Brelia, one of Thalia's top aides. I'm going to follow him. So they follow him. Um, and then someone surprises Han with a blaster to the back of his head. It's a woman, she's got white hair. She actually looks like a member of the Golden Girls. Looks like it, they shot like the picture, like it came out the other end, Mm -hmm. other side of his face. I thought it did shoot him in the head. Like, oh, shoot. Oh, no. No, no, that was just his surprise. <laughs> okay, I was like, oh, gosh. And yeah, Han's so Luke's dead. there. Uh, no, not not yet, no. but that's it does look like that. So Luke's in a bar, and there's a dispute. Is that, is that who I think it is? No, okay. it's just a Rodian. They okay, all wear like, the same clothes. They all he, survived, the same he survived the, the shootout. No. They all shot so, the same h H&M. So, oh, that's right. Uh, We've gone over this. Yep. So there's a bar fight in this bar that Luke's in on the same. Pl- so he's out with Han and Lando, and they're looking, and Luke's in a bar, and there's a fight. And someone's like, Yo, are you a Jedi? He's like, Yeah. He's like, Okay, you can settle this dispute. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, 
wait, what? He's like, me? He said, you're Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker, aren't you? He said, yes. He said, well then. Uh, and Luke's like, he ignites his lightsaber. He's like, put away your weapons first. And then he goes through, um, let's see. He, he tries to solve the argument. Um, then, uh, Niles Farrier, he gets him to step out again. He's like, I need to know the unofficial exchange rate between Imperial and New Republic currencies. They're talking about money. And then like a crowd forms around him and then he settles it. That's, that's the end of it. He settles it. So poor Han is like off with this golden girl looking woman and come to find out she's working with the aide that he was following the Bothan aide. Mm. Yep. Mm. And then he, they go back to his ship and they find out, Let's see. There's stormtroopers there, and they're looking for them. Then they blast out of there. R2, he has to break. Luke cuts a restraining bolt off of R2 with his lightsaber. That doesn't seem like a safe idea, but whatever. Um, and then basically I need to find out who this, this golden girl looking woman is. She looks like a Lois. She goes with him. A Lois. (laughs) (laughs) Irenez. That's her name. I don't know. We're just going to call her Lois. Okay. Lois. I can't. It, it's Irenez, I'm pretty sure. All right. Irenez. Irenez. Anyways, what you need to know is they get out, and they're, oh, they don't have it in here. So there's a tracker. They hit a tracker on the ship. Classic. The Imperials did. Yep. So now Han, Lando, and Irenez, and or Lois, are getting off the planet. Luke's going with them. They get into space. And then they jump into some traffic. And they get out. Fun. Yep. So there you go. Now we're back with Leia and the Wookiee. And all of a sudden, boom, Cav shows up, and he's like, hey, I'm going to take you to Honiger, and then four days later, so she goes, she leaves Chewie and goes with him alone, pregnant, by the way. Oh. So that's Typical great, Leia. great motherly move there. Yeah, good mother Leia. Yeah, she's she goes popping now. She went to- from like zero to 100, dude. Yeah, she's, she's popping now. So then she goes to Honiger, and you see, like I mentioned before, Wait. Oh, that's right. Chewie does go with her. I'm sorry, oh, okay. y'all. I take back what I said about Mother Leia. I'm sorry. Chewie does go with her, and they see Honiger, and it's disgusting. You know what it looks like? Uh, huh? Kind of looks like that. Uh, Corpus. Yeah. 
It does. It, it's got a similar vibe because the planet's been poisoned. Mm. Um, and then they see, they see a Star Destroyer, and she's like, no, he wouldn't, my, wouldn't betray us. And then Wookiee, dude, goes up to the cockpit and almost kills this guy, except Wookiee gets tased. Dang. Why do you call him Wookiee? Chewie gets tased. I'm sorry. I'm like, why do you keep on Wookie? <laughs> I'm trying to th- look, bro. I'm trying to. I'm trying to read and like tell a story and read ahead at the same time, so my brain's okay. A little taxed a right little. now. Anyways, that, Chewie, Chewie gets a picture of Chewie. Listen, looks like a gingerbread man. Literally, guys. So if you're looking, so Chewie's in the cockpit of this uh, Nogri ship, and so like the old Batman comics, it literally says Zap. Yeah. And then he's just engulfed in lightning, and all of his limbs are straight out in four different directions. And he looks like he's he trying to like do like a snow leaf, a snow angel, a snow angel. That's leaf, yeah, angel. Snow leaf. What are you talking? Wait, what? What kind of what kind of stuff are you doing in the snow? <laughs> I'm designing leaves, man. Oh, okay. By the way, Keep it's fall alive. December 1st, and there's no snow here in Minnesota. Yeah, that's is, what I like that's, to hear. That's a big deal. That's I what I like to hear. We're due for like a To be fair, didn't you guys get snowfall. six inches in huh? September? Yes. It was October. We got like yeah. a freak snowstorm, but it's all gone yeah. now. And I want my snow. You want your snow? I Winter is my favorite season. That's Jeremiah, I, I lived it. in Minnesota for seven years. And I hated it. Well, yeah, because you're from the South. Like, I've lived in Minnesota no, my whole no, 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 life, no, no. and I still hate it. Yeah, dude, it's... <laughs> okay, first of all, black ice is the worst. Yes. Black ice is terrible. Jeremiah doesn't drive, then, so he doesn't understand the stress of... Well, it's still, it's still dangerous for your feet. I have to walk everywhere. It's not the same. I mean, it is if you break your neck. <laughs> sure, if you die. <laughs> Guys, this is or but a like if you fall like chewy, you'll be fine. If you just fall flat that's, like that, you'll be fine. No, that's not how you that's not how you're supposed to fall. Don't put here's a don't here's break. a rabbit trail really quickly for all of our oh, uh, North Central I, University alumni who are listening. Which is like um, four of you maybe so all four of you, yeah. So there was a spot behind Phillips. I saw I was a music major and I had to walk in Menzing a lot. And there was a spot, you know, that back door on the north side of Phillips. You go down right in front of the parking ramp. Yeah. So there was a spot by the parking meter where you pay for your parking. That's what you usually uh, do with for the, the little parking meter you pay. Okay. Shh. <laughs> Anyways, there was a spot there that once every winter for you three years fall. in a row, but just 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 once, I would fall. Damn. And I'm not talking like a little bit of a slip. I'm talking like. Both feet went out from under me almost. Like and I and I like slammed hard into the ice. Damn. GG. So three times, three years in a row, and it only happened once. I don't know why, but like every other time it never it didn't happen again for the whole season. Because you complained and then they salted it throughout the season. No, I didn't I didn't complain. I wasn't one of those types of people. I just roughed it. Well someone else did. That fell right before. Yes, probably that's true. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so, uh, Cab is like, Hey, I was going to take you to the main city, but because the Imperials are here, I'm taking you to my home. And she's like, can you trust the other villagers to keep quiet? And he's like, do not worry. I will keep you safe. 
that's uh that's pretty promising like as chewie's laying out flat <laughs> yeah chewie's left, just like just, uh, yeah he's fried. like smoking in the corner his body's smoking uh so thrawn we see here is on honiger he's on the planet with captain Palian. um he's sitting in a, th- a th- on a throne so thrawn's on the throne <laughs> I'm sorry. That was more entertaining <laughs> for you than it was for us. <laughs> oh, man. I just had a glimpse of how much I'm becoming like my father when I said that. And I, anyways, <laughs> just keep yes, going. I made myself laugh. I made myself laugh. It's not a bad thing. It's just kind of crazy yeah, to realize we sometimes. Anyways, dad jokes. Jad jokes? Dad jokes. Yeah. Anyway. So they're like, hey, a Nogri ship came in. Uh,. And it skirted out of there. And it was slow to give the landing signal. It's kinda 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 sus there for a little bit. And Thrawn's onto it. So anyways, they touch down in this village. And then uh Kabahala takes Leia to the matri the m- Maitrach. Sorry, I had to read that. It's basically the ruler of the village, like the elder. Uh, and while they're in there, they recognize her. Uh, so these ones are all short. Yeah. So all the other pictures, like they're like normal height. They they they, they vary. vary. Oh, Don't judge. Oh, yeah, like there's five of them there, and they're all like super short. But like, up- it could be the angle of the the drawing. I mean, well, if that were true, anyways, then Leia would be like sixteen view, feet tall. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways, so they sniff her hand. They do the ceremonial sniff, hand sniff, and then they're like, "Hey, Lady Vader, nice." Uh, and 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 they're like, hey, I greet you, Lady Vader, but I do not welcome you. And she's like, why not? And Nogri, number one, says, uh, you bring discord and poison among us. And then there's a there's a part where Chewie runs in the building, and it looks... What? Oh, okay. he hit his head. <laughs> no, he didn't hit his head. Oh, he's, like... he's growling, but it's like, growl. And then C-3PO is like, uh, Highness, uh, the Imperials are coming. So he translated for translated for Chewie. They hide Leia uh, in the bakehouse. So they hide her in the bakery. Thrawn shows up. He starts asking people. He goes in and sits down on the throne, by the way. What a rude guy, right? He goes and sits down on their throne in their village. And uh, they're like, hey, you honor us by your presence here. Uh... He said, and the the leader of the village apparently is an an ex uh, Nogri command team leader, or a member of a command a commando team. Uh, and a part of the team on Kashyyyk. Come to find out, when Leia was there, so he's like, "What happened?" The Nogri's like, "I filed my report." He's like, "I read it. How did you survive while all your teammates were killed?" Uh, oh, this is yeah. So that makes sense now. That's what happens when you don't read. So is there, and he's like, "Yo, how come all of your teammates died and you survived?" 
and he's questioning him. Um, and he, he was also like, Hey, why did you respond slowly? And then also not land in the main Imperial city. he's like, I wasn't instructed to anyways, they're questioning him hardcore. And then that's the end of episode two. Now we're on episode three. Any questions, uh, before we begin? Nope. Cool. So this is the, the part of the summary. Yeah. This is the part of the summary. That's like. Maybe three sentences. <laughs> Dang. That whole thing was like three sentences. So it's, it's, we just talked about how in detail, how Leia uh, arrives on the planet and she meets some more Nogris. Don't forget her hand got there. sniffed. Oh yeah. The, Smell the ceremonial my hand sniff. Oh gosh. <laughs> and uh, they're like, Hey, we can't welcome you. <laughs> Like you're, we're glad you're here, but we can't welcome you because you you bring the empire with you or whatever, blah blah blah. And now they got to hide her in a bake shop, so she's got a bun in the oven beside a bun in the oven. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just high five myself for that one. All right. And on that note, speaking of buns in the ovens, we're gonna take a quick break and uh, talk about our second sponsor for today. <laughs> you guys excited? Yeah. Yep. Jeremiah, yup. All right, well, let's take a quick break and listen to a word from the second sponsor of today's episode, Wesley Andrews Coffee and Tea. And if you're a coffee lover, this is going to be one you will definitely want to listen to. Hey, everyone, Andrew here. I'm pleased to tell you that the sponsor for today's episode is Wesley Andrews Coffee and Tea. If you don't know anything about Wesley Andrews, you definitely should. They're an award winning coffee roaster and shop in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And they make fantastic coffee. The awesome thing is that they have a subscription service that gets those amazing coffee beans delivered to your door on an either weekly, bi-weekly, or a monthly basis. Unfortunately, we're all being negatively affected by this virus right now. But that being said, what a better time to try some new coffee and support a local business. I know they'll greatly appreciate it, and we will too. After all, using the code Empire Radio with a capital E and a capital R with no space at checkout, when you start a new subscription at wesleyandrews.cc, you'll get 50% off your first purchase. I can't think of a better deal. Get 50% off, support a local Minneapolis coffee shop, and support your favorite Star Wars podcast. In the words of Emperor Palpatine, do it. All right. Do it. Awesome. Do it. Get a coffee subscription. Hey, here's a, here's a cool th- here's a cool idea. Do you know a coffee lover? If you're not a coffee lover, do you know someone who loves coffee? Is that person on your Christmas gift list? Well, you could buy them a subscription and just have it shipped to their their place of residency. That is a possibility. It's yeah. possible. This is, and it's a gift that keeps on giving because you buy them a you know you get them a subscription, they get a bag of coffee. And you're like, oh, it's just a bag of coffee. No, no, no. It is many cups of pure bliss. And that's a gift worth giving, in my opinion. Okay. Let's jump back in. So, uh, Han and Lando get away. We're jumping back to them. Han and Lando get away. And then... They are taken... To pretty sure they're taking a talent card. 
Let's find out, shall we? Nope, they're taken to uh, Garambel Iblis. Iblis. Uh, and this is called the Peregrine's Nest. Isn't that cool? Isn't that a cool name? That's a, ba- that's a metal band name if I've ever heard one. Peregrine's Nest. You win names today. I'm on a roll. Yep. So this Rock is this is roll. funny. Rock and roll. Uh, he's like, yeah, Garnbell Iblis was like, yeah, I, I can see you're trying to figure out where we met. And Han's like, I haven't a clue. And he goes, you were 11. I was at your school. <laughs> he was what? So they go, huh? What did you say? He was 11. So Han was 11 and Garnbell Iblis visited his school oh. in, on Corellia. Okay. Because remember, he's a Corellian and a uh, Corellian that's, senator. That's right. Or I guess an ex-senator at this point. Helped co-found the Rebel Alliance. Dude, he's rocking the mullet too, dude. Oh yeah, he's party party in the back all the way, and he's got. If I, I'm gonna go back, he's got some a really cool blue shoulder thing. Makes him look very uh, regal. It kind of reminds me of a Mandalorian's first, like, arm pad blocker. <laughs> I don't know what the word is. I think it's a uh, pauldron. Pal- no. Cauldron? I don't know. Ca- I just that's a, that's a cauldron. That's cal- cauldron. Uh, it just looks like the what some of the storm cauldron. I was right. Shoulder pad. Yeah. Can you? What did you call it, Drew? Shoulder. Block. Shoulder. You call it blocker? Shoulder, <laughs> shoulder blocker. <Ash. laughs> shoulder blocker patch. Shoulder blocker patch. Can you imagine if he walks into the armor and Din Djarin's like? I've got some some Beskar. I require right a new shoulder armor, some sho- another shoulder armor patch block. <laughs> uh, anyways, Ugh. so they're talking. They're going through stuff. It's fun. Uh, let's see. They're talking about... Oh, my cat's here, y'all, if you can't hear him. He's meowing because he wants attention. So they're talking, and the, the it gets interrupted because now we're back on Thrawn. So basically, there's nothing super serious going on in this conversation. And we're talking about Thrawn. Thrawn's talking to Captain Pelion. Rook's there. Oh. He shows up behind Captain Pe- Pelion again. This dude needs to stop walking out of the shadows with that ugly face. Because mm-hmm. that would scare the mess out of me every time. He's like, to. practice on someone else. It's practice on someone else. I have work to do. Uh, so Thrawn's talking about the stuff that's going on. He gets that ne- Captain Farrier, Nels Farrier, Niles Farrier. He starts talking. He gets him, and he starts talking. Um, Thrawn's doing his tactical thing, making schemes and whatnot with Niles, the information from Niles Farrier. And now we're back on Honiger, and Leia is still still pregnant, and everyone is greeting her, and they're saying hello to her because she's Lady Vader. And then someone comes to her and says, "The 
the I'm just going to say the matriarch because that's what it looks like to me and it's the leader of the village too. So I'm going to say the matriarch because I'm not going to pronounce that correctly every time. But they they say the matriarch wants uh waits for you in the duka, which I guess is their ceremonial hut. Fun. So she goes in and they start talking. And they talk about how widespread the destruction. Uh, the matriarch is telling her about the the battle that took place over top of their planet. Uh, how supposedly a ship crashed, like we read in the summary, and brought ruin to their land. And then how Darth Vader came and saved them. So I, I do want to read this because this is pretty interesting. So the matriarch says, the lightning had been the god's anger. So they're talking about uh, the battle, the lasers and such. The ground shake was their war hammer. Whole cities vanished. Fire mountains sit, sent flame and smoke that darkened the sky. Forest fields and villages burned. Those who survived were felled by sickness. When finally we dared to hope it was all over, the strange smelling rain began to fall. And Leia thinks to herself, we did this, our uh, our ship, our fault. So she begins taking responsibility because part of the destruction was wrought by a battle that she was a part of or the rebel forces. Were I just kind of assumed it was something that happened like years and years earlier, like yeah. before the rebellion. But I say, I think it was pretty early in the rebellion. Right. Um, but then you do have Darth Vader coming, but you, we'll get to that. So uh, Leia says, was it the rain that killed the plants? And the matriarch says, yes. It was here that Lord Vader found us. Found us. Uh, all feared him and the mighty silver craft that brought him and his attendants from the sky, which is just a Lambda-class shuttle. Yeah. Um, but even amid the fear, there was anger, and nearly two tens of warriors chose to attack and were duly slaughtered. That's sad. Uh, there were there they were not slaughtered. So Leia says, and were duly slaughtered. And they, she says, they were not slaughtered. Only three of the two tens died in battle. In turn, they killed many of Lord Vader's attendants. Talking about stormtroopers, it was only when the Lord Vader himself intervened that the warriors were defeated. But instead of destroying us, he offered peace, peace and blessing, uh, peace and the blessing of and aid of the Emperor. So he offers them help, and Leia says, what sort of aid? Uh, she said, food, medicine, tools, and the metal droids to clean and polish, or clean the poison from our land. Uh, and she says, and nothing will grow outside of the clean land. And the matriarch says, only uh, the calm grass, it is of no use as food, but it alone can grow. So we get this picture of how we read in the summary uh, the Nogri believed that Darth Vader was sent, uh, was sending aid and was their savior. And what Darth Vader was actually doing is he was tricking them into being servants of the Empire. Mm-hmm. So this, he took advantage of this battle and this destruction on their planet, and the droids are only saving enough of the planet to keep them subservient to the Empire. Pretty smart. Which is... Yeah, but it's also really 
That's dirty, man. Well, it is, like, but if you're mm-hmm. that's a dirty move. trying to get people on your side, like that's, you know, you give them, you act like a savior to them, and then they're in debt to you. That's true. And you can tell that since they're serving Leia, that like, it is about them honoring, like they, they continue to, to honor of, to honor what Vader did for them, so. Mm-hmm. Her fingers must have smelt like his. Charred from Mustafar. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Ooh, well, actually, no, he didn't have continues. any hands, so... That's true. true. That's true. Uh, so Thrawn shows up while they're talking. And, again. And they hide Leia in what looks like a confession box. <laughs> kind, of, kind of. From the Catholic Church. Um, but she's hiding Wookiee... Wookie, Chewie. I'm sorry. <laughs> Chewie and C-3PO, I swear, are hiding... On, so, the, so for those of you that can't see it, it's a circular hut. Uh, there is what looks kind of like a confession box off on one side. Um, but then in the middle of the hut, there is a smaller circle uh, that is hanging from chains on all of the sides of the circle, all around the circle, I would say. And it is part of the ceiling. So it's like, you know, just hanging there. And then there's a higher kind of thatched roof looking ceiling above that but chewy and c-3po go and hide up on top of the this the cylinder the flat How piece of, it was like a piece of concrete he jumped man he could jump Wookie, wookies can jump Bro, wookies have hops oh yeah do they? they're so strong yeah. yes how do you know they that? live in a forest world they're like they monkeys have, dude they jump on those trees yeah. and stuff yeah but uh, and you know what if he Monkey can't Look, jump. If he didn't hop, he just feet above him. Well, if he didn't hop, then he just climbed to the walls. We've already seen that they can climb super well in the first. Even that, also the ceilings are probably not that high, considering that they're pretty short. So they're not going to make their ceilings as tall as the average ceiling. And Chewie's tall as hell too. On top of that, that's true. That's true. I guess. So he probably just walked up there. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, he just walks. He just takes a step and he's up there. <laughs> Guys, they're not that short. For those of you that can't see this, it's not like a dollhouse. Like, sure, the Nogri are they're short, but they like they come up to a normal person's like chest, mid chest. It's not like they're four inches tall. <laughs> Anyways, so Thron's there. Uh, he is. Chewie's in trouble. Why is Chewie? Thrawn can smell him. Anyways, Thrawn's talking about he's he's talking about their ancient laws and stuff and blah 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 blah. Okay, so now Luke has traveled to Joe Mark, and now he is with Jorus Sabauth. The insane Jedi clone, which this is interesting because for those of you that are familiar with the Force Unleashed 2, they talk a lot about, spoilers, how uh, it is impossible, at least up until that uh, game, to clone a Force user because... They either don't get the powers, or they do get the powers, and then they go insane. And this is a pretty good, this is a pretty good representation of that. So here's this little introduction between Luke and 
Joris Sabath. Cabal Sabath, whatever. He said, Master Sabath, I'm Luke Skywalker. And he says, I know. Welcome to Joe Mark. Luke says, thank you. He said, I expected you long before now. And he said, yes, sir. I'm sorry. Circumstances lately have been out of my control. And he says, why? Uh, and he says, I don't understand. And the Jedi Master says, what do you mean you don't understand? Are you or are you not a Jedi? He said, well, yes. And then he said, then you should be in control of yourself and the people and events around you always. He says, yes, Master. He says, the Empire destroyed the Jedi, you know. Uh, he said, yes, they were hunted down by the Emperor and Darth Vader. Um, he said, and one or two dark other Jedi, other dark Jedi long are with them so long ago. Uh, he said, there are two reasons I called you. First, to complete your training. Second, because I need your help. I'm nearing the end of my life, Jedi Skywalker. Uh, he's, Luke says, I'm sorry, how can I help? He said, by learning from me, absorb my wisdom, and carry all my life and work. Uh, so the interesting thing about Luke and this Jedi Master is that in the same way uh, when he was on Wayland, he believes that the Jedi, a Jedi's purpose is to rule and bring justice. So it's it's like an extreme version of the keepers of the peace mentality, where it's like we're keeping the peace because we rule and we're going to do a good job of it. We're going to make the decisions. We're going to lead these you know non force sensitive people, and that's how we're going to roll. But then kind of like it's, uh, um, when. Uh, Palpatine is talking to Anakin in the opera scene. He's like, Sith and Jedi yeah. are, you know, almost entirely the same. And it's like, here, like, the Emperor, he wanted to re- rule everyone uh, because he had, because he was a Force user. And here, this guy has the same belief. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. And, and in, I, it's interesting because there's such a fine line of balance there where it's like you can do that with good intentions right but you're always so close to just teetering over the edge into the dark side you know like it's just not a place that as a jedi you would want to be for prolonged periods of time um so they go down into this village on joe mark that he's been kind of ruling over he even says uh, Luke asks how long he had, he had been coming there, and uh, he's like, less than a year. They were slow to accept my wisdom, but eventually I persuaded them. Uh, so they walk they walk in, and there's a into one of the houses, and there's a dispute happening between these two guys, and there is a blaster and a knife, and they're facing off. And then. <laughs> Part of uh, part of his discipline is shooting one of them with force lightning. So that's great. And I call it <laughs> the lightning is described as snap crackle. <laughs> but it's in a really cool lightning looking font, Jeremiah. That is true. Yeah, Jeremiah. Just throw, so just throw the a dude pop is in there burnt. and you got a bowl of cereal. Hey. <laughs> right, um, 
So he just kills this guy. He's like, oh, this is how I'm going to rule. Boom. And then, or I don't know, did he kill him? I'm pretty, it looks like he's dead. He's Joris Sabal says, pain is the, yeah, he's not feeling good. Joris, he's like, the pain, pain is the one teacher no one will ignore. <laughs> or would you have preferred uh, Tarm lie dead now, which is one of the guys. And he's, Luke says, there were other ways to stop him. He said, but none he will remember longer. If you allow your justice to be forgotten, you will be forced to repeat the same lessons again and again. Mm. So he's not permanent, permanently damaged, but boy, he is, he burnt. So then, uh, he's talking, he's sitting in his, in his X wing, Luke is, and he's talking to R2 and he's like, uh, yo, this isn't, this doesn't seem right. I don't, this doesn't seem like Jedi teaching. I don't know how I feel about this. Um, Let's see, after the battle, blah, 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 blah. So he's talking about how uh, the five other Jedi Masters from the outbound flight project could be, could have wound up being anchored to Joris Sabauth in the Force, and that's why he's insane. But he's just kind of theorizing. Do, do you guys know what outbound flight is? No. It's not... So it's, it wasn't talked about a ton in the first book, but the gist of it is uh, during the, the end of the Clone Wars, Joris, the original Joris, so not Jorus with two U's, but Joris Sabauth, he was a Jedi Master um, in the Jedi Order, and he and five other Jedi Masters and some Republican, some Republican, some republic, uh, some people, uh, scientists and such that were related to the to the project took five connected. It was like a, a grouping of five heavy cruisers, dreadnought cruisers. It it kind of looked like interstellar. They were in a ring, and the goal was to go out and essentially colonize wild space. You know, kind of probe it for threats see what's going on, map it, chart it, and stuff like that. Well, they go out there. Palpatine wants it done, it's stopped because he's Chancellor at the time. And it, it goes horribly, things go horribly wrong. And that's why people have such a hard time believing that Jorus is the original Jedi Master. But then they found out he's a clone anyways. So, so Luke's like, uh, this is super weird, but I gotta go. Master's calling me again, and he does it through the Force, which is, I I guess that's a thing now. You just call someone through the Force. But now we're back with Han Solo and Grand Bell Iblis. They're talking about stuff, talking more about stuff. They're still talking about stuff. Talking about his shoulder pad, man. Ooh, that shoulder pad is looking. Let's go back to it. Boom! Look at that. Mm, pretty minty. Regal. The stars on that. Yeah, they're. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It looks. It looks regal. But they're <laughs> they're talking about this whole thing that's going on in the Senate. Um. Over some purple drank. Purple drank. So then they go and they're like, "Hey, we'll point you to your quarters." And they go in and they're. They're sitting there. 
Ah. So then Lando, when they go into their their clubhouse, Lando rubs off some of the paint on one of the chairs. And he said, this chair, it's not gray underneath, it's blue gold. And Han's like, so, which is what I would have said. And then Lando goes, the fleet has never done interiors of military ships in blue gold, except once. And Han says, which was? And he says, the Katana fleet. Uh-oh. Yep. Bum, and then bum, Han's bum. like, it's got to be a mistake. And Lando says, no mistake. I spent two months researching the Dark Force. This is it. Uh, we need a good, close Luke, Luke, look at the, the repeater display back in the headquarters lounge. Let's go. So then they try to get in and check out, try to figure out if this is actually related to the Katana fleet. Because uh, it's in the bar. Well, there's it's a lounge. And then there's like a back room. And Lois is there. They try to sneak in and they get caught. And she takes them out at gunpoint. And then she starts driving them out. And that's it. Who's that dark haired lady again? Uh, Did she just have uh, We've seen her a few times. We've seen her a few times. It's one of Grambel Iblis's per- people. Cena, okay. C- I believe. Her name's Cena. Cena, no more. Get out. <laughs> kind of looks like Xena, warrior princess. So, get out. <laughs> uh, so, here's some dialogue that's pertinent to the story. This is getting the land speeder. Uh, Cena says, uh, Lois, take the controls, drive us around the camp. I don't care where. A proper guest would know better than to wander unescorted around sensitive areas. Han says, I apologize if you're trying to take us back to our quarters. We're going the wrong way. She says, Cena says, I came to ask you a favor. I want you to ask Mon Mothma and the council to invite the senator, uh, Graham Garnbell Iblis, to join the New Republic. Han says, what happened? And she says, Mon Mothma eased him out and took over. So Lando says, so he pulled you out of the alliance and started his own private war against the Empire. The senator had better start facing reality. You're a small, isolated group with a line on the Katana fleet. The minute the Grand Admiral uh, tumbles, I guess that's a way to say it, tumbles to what you've got, we'll have the Imperial fleet He'll have the Imperial fleet on you before you can blink twice. Bring the fleet over to the New Republic, and you'll be heroes. Wait too long, and you'll lose everything. She says, I know that. I'll put you in touch with our contact. When do you want to leave? And and Lando says, right now, we're already in a race with the Empire. So this is how they get connected with Talon Card, who has a line on the Katana fleet, like we mentioned in the summary. Any questions? You guys following? Yep. Yep. Jeremiah, I can't see you, but you sound like you're going to sleep. Nope, I'm I'm still here. Okay. So Lando and Han have a lead. They leave. They're leaving. They're going to find the lead. Pretty sure they... Nah, they leave. They take them. They take them out with her. Cena takes him out in this, uh, inside her ship, sneaks him out. They get him out. 
and they're going off on a hunt for the lead. Thrawn's doing some more talking with Captain Pelion. Thrawn's main thing is like he's always got his hand on his chin. He's always thinking. I think he did that in Rebels too. He always. Oh, he did, he. That's his thing. It's his signature thing. That's how he goes to sleep. He stands straight up, looking at a data display, and he just falls asleep with his hand on his chin. Hmm. Sounds like a Thursday night to me. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but whatever. Yep. Okay, well, anyways. <laughs> uh, so now... I think Solo has... They've connected with Talon Card's crew. Because Mara says... Han wanted me to ask you if your people might be interested in selling information on our friend with the eyes. Anyways. Let's keep going. Oh, that's right. So the ship that Mara is on Star Destroyer, Adamant, shut down your engines and prepare to be brought aboard. Okay, so Mara encounters a random Star Destroyer. She says, Adamant, this is either either way. I congratulate you on your vigilance. I was afraid I'd have to search five systems to find an Imperial ship. I want to speak to your captain the moment I'm aboard. I'll need to set up a meeting with Grand Admiral Thrawn and transportation to the Chimera. And he's like, uh, what the heck? Uh, I guess I'll put you through to the captain. And he's like, who are you? Um, and she's, he asks her name, and she's like, uh, she gives him a recognition code, and then she's like, they knew me as the Emperor's hand, and he's super shocked. So 22 hours later, she gets brought before uh, Thrawn. That's pretty easy. Mm. Yep. Well, when you have an old Imperial recognition code and then you drop a name like that, it's pretty pretty quick. Uh, So he's like, come in. Uh, She says, why did you bring me to Endor? And he says, excuse me, you heard me. This is where the Emperor died. And he says, come closer, Mara Jade. Let's begin with proof of who you were. Uh, she said, we met once during the, re- the public de- dedication of the new Imperial Palace on Coruscant. Later, there was a private ceremony. And Theron says, what was that ceremony? And she says, your secret promotion to Grand Admiral. Uh, he says, you wore a white dress bo- to both ceremonies with only one decoration. What was it? She says, a shoulder skull. Left shoulder, a Zyankui z- design. Thron says... It is somewhere in this room. Find it. She points to it. She says, that, that's it. And he says, welcome back, Emperor's Hand. You've been a long time returning. She says, but uh, who but a Grand Admiral would accept me as legitimate? And he says, would you care to discuss uh, why you helped Skywalker escape from Talon Card? So now he's on to her. Uh, she says, it wasn't my idea. We were on Merker under the influence of Ysilamari. He says, who gave you the order, card or someone else? She says, it doesn't matter. I'm here to offer a deal 
that'll clear the debt. He says, I'm listening. She says, I want you to stop your harassment of Card and his group. Cancel the bounty and clear us uh, with all Imperial forces and a credit of $3 million towards the purchase of Imperial goods and services. So in, in trying to find Talon Card, he put a bounty on his head. It's a little detail that you don't really need to know, but they put a bounty on his head. Um, he says, indeed, I'm afraid Skywalker isn't worth that much to me. And she says, I'm offering the Katana fleet. Dang, bro. Because she got the information. He says, where is it? She says, I don't know, but Card does. And then he says, tell me where Card is then. She says, no, let me go back to him. I'll get the location and then we'll trade. And he says, do not presume to dictate to me, Mara J, not even in private. You carried out the emperor's will no more. Whether you heard his commands more clearly than the rest of his hands is irrelevant. And she says, what do you mean the rest of his hands? No, no, you're wrong. <laughs> oh, boy. And he says, very well, emperor's hand, we have a deal. Uh, the dark force for the lifting of the death mark against card, how long will it take you to return? Or how long will it take to return to him? He's, she's like, two and a half days if I push it, and he's like, you have exactly eight days to obtain the location and bring it back to me. Afterwards, we'll have a long discussion uh, on why it took you so long to return. <laughs> so now they got a deal. Little little snake. She went off on her own. She's like, ah, I'm going to do this See, thing. that guy is like deal. three feet taller than the other no Greek. Okay, w- seriously, we just found out that Mara Jade makes a deal with Thrawn to sell out Talon Card. <laughs> Kind of, Jer- or at least Jeremiah sell out the fleet. The and then the first thing. thing Jeremiah says is like, no, see, those Nogri are short. Yep. You're too short to be a Nogri. <sighs> so guess what? They're talking about the droids. That's it. The the detox droids. That's it. So they go back to New Cove. So then Niles Ferris is like, yo, I want to cut a deal for the Katana fleet. And Han's like, no way. You don't know anything about the Katana fleet. Uh, they're talking about the fleet, but yada, yada, yada. And then she gets back to card. And he's like, welcome home. You're a bit late. She's like, I wound up making, taking a little detour. He's like, that can happen. You got trouble. And she's like, I don't know, I feel, and then he turns and shoots at stormtroopers, I guess. TIE fighters start attacking them. He starts shooting, and then all of a sudden, she takes his blaster from him in with the force, and she's like, boom, tricked you. I sold you out to Thrawn. <laughs> uh, so... She turns and she's like, eight days thrown. You promised me eight days. And he's like, I changed my mind. Of course. She's like, like, uh, like how you did, you plan to use me like this right from the start. And it got us. And he says, and it got us what we wanted. That's all that matters. So he tricked her and tracked her back to card. She tries to attack Thrawn. Uh, Rook shows up, puts her in a nice chokehold, almost knocks her out. Thrawn's like, that was very unprofessional of you. Uh, anyways. Is that the crazy old man? 
Yeah, she gets information. Uh, she's on the Star Destroyer because she gets taken back. Um, she takes him back and she accesses the terminal. And she finds the location of Jorus Sabauth. And she gets back down. She meets up with Talon Card's crew. And they're like, you're not welcome here. And she's like, I didn't betray him. And they're like, I don't believe you. She's like, no, I really didn't betray him. Yada, yada, yada. So then we get back to Luke and Jorus. And they are literally, literally hearing complaints and disagreements from the villagers luke is sitting on a throne in a what looks like a castle and they are they're hearing disputes and luke's like i'm taking more responsibility of these people's lives than i should this doesn't feel right and he's like i understand your concerns but you're weak and this is the way it needs to be yada 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 uh and then he has Luke offers him help because he he's insane basically and he's like I said leave me I'm a Jedi master I need help from no one he's super angry there's even some like spit on his lip or it's coming out of his mouth he's like really angry that he's spitting yeah so that's good um yeah, so next thing we see, Mara Jade's in a dream. She's sleeping through hyperspace, and she hears the Emperor say, you will kill, kill Luke Skywalker. She wakes up from her dream. She's on Joe Mark. And she's like, why do I feel so tired? Um, and then she has a Yasilla Mari on her back. She picks one up. Um, she's like, I don't see any weapons. I'll just head on in. And then a rock hits her, and then a bunch of rocks hit her. And then her, like, literally rocks. And then it takes her ship down. And come to find out, Jedi Master, oh, pew, pew, he was shooting rocks. He was, shooting rocks. He was, throwing, yeah, he was throwing the rocks at the Force. <laughs> That's funny. So she meets up with him. She finds Luke's X-Wing. And then she meets Joris Sabauth. And then Luke shows up. And Luke sees the Asilomari. And she has her blaster pointed at Joris. And he throws, he yeets a rock at her hand using the force and knocks the gun out of her hand. And Luke's like, get to the ship. Get behind the ship. I hold him off. And then Luke ignites his lightsaber. And Joris is now shooting lightning at Luke because Luke wants to leave, essentially. And... Wait a second. She shoots him? She straight up gets in Luke's X-Wing and shoots him with the X-Wing. That's pretty intense. Yeah, but he's still alive. Apparently he's not even singed. Must be a Jedi Master. Anyways. (laughs) uh, So how is he able to use the Force when she had the... The thing on her. Now, it's probably because he wasn't within range of it. Because if you remember, when Thrawn showed up in the first book to Wayland, 
it only created a small force bubble around himself. He was like Joris still used lightning at him. Oh, right. But then like in this picture here, Luke is right up against her and is blocking the lightning with his lightsaber. Yeah, but you don't have to be force sensitive to block lightning with your lightsaber. I do it all the time. I'm saying, but the force bubble was a lot bigger in the first book. Well, this is called, it was written into a novel and the distance wasn't established, and then someone drew it. <laughs> okay. Uh, because in the novel, like, it doesn't really tell you how far apart they are. Okay. Um, and yes, you heard that correctly. Every time there's a thunderstorm, I stand on the roof of my, my lightsaber, and I block the lightning. It's great training. Sounds about right. Yep. So, uh, anyways, she's like, yo, they've got Talon Card. He knows where the fleet is. You've got to come with me right now, Luke, because if we don't save Talon Card, the fleet's going to go to the Empire, and then they're going to have a lot of ships that they control. They can control by remote control. And that's going to be bad for the New Republic. And he's like, all right, let's go. We're going to go get him out. And then this is number five. We are reaching the end of our story tonight. There's six or five? Six. Yeah, you're right. There's six. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, they break into the Star Destroyer. I'm gonna go quick now. They go into they break into the Star Destroyer. <laughs> uh, so they 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 find the Star Destroyer that Card is in. Luke cuts a hole in. They break in. They're running around. They're doing stuff, and they happen to get Imperial uniforms to blend in. Classic Luke. Classic. Am I right? Classic Luke. Classic. Too bad so, he's too short. Well, too bad he ends up in another trash oh, compactor. Gosh, are you kidding okay, me? Come on. <laughs> and he's like, so uh, he even used the force to push it away. Like he has to, like he still has to do that whole. Maybe my feet and my arms can slowly move it. Yeah. So he has to he has to get through this magnetic seal, mm-hmm. and look, he makes it, and then he's in the detention level. Okay. <laughs> he like literally does the reverse of a New Hope. Uh, I wonder if this cell is a two one eight seven. Maybe. What if it was a sand? Now, to be fair, sense. this trash compactor doesn't look like it's actually shutting. I think he's doing the like put my feet up against the wall and put my back up against the other side because he's trying to hold himself up. Yeah, let's go Because he's got to get to the top of the, the trash compactor. So he springs Cart out of there real quick. They go, they retrace their steps. And then all of a sudden they meet up with Mara Jade, who is also in an Imperial uniform. And they give one to Card. So now they all blend in. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, they need to like lock up these uniforms. Like they're really easy to just land Yeah, they do. <laughs> uh, okay, so. Then some stormtroopers come after them, and then it, it goes all pew pew. You know what oh, I'm saying? That was a good lightsaber song. Dude, that was pretty cool. Do that again. Do it again. Hey, let me tell you. I'm not going to do it again. What? I'm embarrassed. Listen, listen. I Damn, that was good. Here's, here's a quick, here's a quick rabbit trail. Oh man. So I'm an only child. What you are? I didn't. You are? Uh, I guess yeah. I didn't. I'm an only child. I, I guess, guess I never. Thought we've never talked about, about that. Really interesting. Yeah, so the reason why that's relevant is because I grew up, as everyone knows, as a huge Star Wars fan with no one to play with because I didn't have any brothers or sisters. Aww. 
So I got really good at making sound effects for myself. <laughs> what you got some other sound effects you can do for us? Yeah, not right now. Maybe if we if this episode gets a thousand plays, maybe. Ooh, Ooh. You heard this first, you guys. Andrew will make more noises. If, <laughs> yeah, if you share I, this. I used to like I used to replicate like the Stormtrooper blasters from a new hope Ooh. and like I got really good at it, and I don't know why. I just, I just did. Can you, can you do a so, Chewbacca impression? Because no, that's the one I can't do. Can't, but I feel like Jeremiah. Can't you do that? No, I can't. Oh yeah, he can. No, do, I yeah. can't. I've tried. It's... You're basically Chewy. Mm-hmm. What? This is what? Did Did he give me a look? I was uh, more of a shock. Like, why do I look like Chewy? If anyone looks like Chewy, it's Drew. Chewy. Drew looks more like Chewy. No, Drew looks like an Ewok. I'm short. Thank <laughs> you. I'll take that. Ewoks are adorable. I'm too short to be Chewy. You're taller. You have a lot more hair than me. I have short. I buzz my head, and you shave your head. Like it's not that much difference. No, but you have better facial. And hair right me. now, like. Andrew has his burglar cap on, like mm-hmm. it's a beanie. <laughs> Hold on, everyone, everyone says that. I would, I would wear it at church. Oh, and like people at church when I when I played when I played guitar, they'd be like, "Why do you like a burglar?" And I'm like, "Does no one wear beanies around any of these people?" Not like black it's a normal thing, guys. Oh my gosh, it's an essential color. Uh, okay, sorry, my cat is really wanting attention right now, but it's fine. He's good. Okay, anyways, so they do the thing. They fight the stormtroopers. Excuse me. Uh, and then Thrawn's like, ha-ha, we have them. He's like, I have you now. You know, you know, the, you know the drill. Um, that ship, it can't be. Yeah, so the Millennium Falcon's on there. Of course it is. Because he showed up at Endor. Because, you know, they left, they left the Millennium Falcon. Leia and Chewie. Right. Right. When they went to Honiger. Yeah. So he has a Millennium Falcon, and which is super convenient because Luke's like, Haha, we have a way out of here. Uh, and then they're moving it, and Luke's like, Luke runs up to the, the, the people, like the deck people for the Star Destroyer, and there's like, oh, wait a second. Grandma Amothron actually says, uh, we need to put back down. Uh, and he's like, I haven't heard any orders. And he's like, Luke says it just came through. Uh, he's like, let's see some ID. And then they beat him up. Dang. <laughs> you know, just that's what you do in, in Star Wars. You force pull the gun out of the hand and you hit him with it. You, you, you whump him, you know, yep. like in that one cell right there, yep. it says whump. Yep. She's like, I'll take that. So anyways, they're trying to get out uh, off of the Star Destroyer with the Millennium Falcon. They're fighting some stormtroopers. Mara Jade is shooting some, and it says "vam vam vam." That is not the sound an E eleven makes, but whatever. Uh, so then, look, boom! They get on the Millennium Falcon and they blast straight out of there. You see that foosh? I didn't realize there was sound in space that goes foosh. Technically, it's well, supposed to be Jeremiah, there's space. there's no, yeah. I was at, I'm rewatching Clone Wars right now, and I've been having a lot of questions about space lately and the physics behind Star Wars because, like, there's the episode in the Malevolence arc at the very beginning 
where Plo Koon and a bunch of clones are just like chilling in space by themselves. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah, they yeah. have their gear is good. For- but do they have oxygen? Yes. Ah, there's your answers for space today. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Okay, so uh, yep, so now they're racing to get to the Katana fleet first. Thrawn got the information. Now Card is with the Rebels, well, the, the New Republic. Now they're like, we got a race to get the Katana fleet. So now we're back with Leia and the short uh, Nogri people, as Jeremiah likes to say every time. And uh, They're talking about stuff. And then, so they find out that because uh, because they withheld information and because Karabakh didn't want to tell Thrawn what was going on, he got strung up uh, in the central city and is, is being embarrassed for a few different days. Uh, out there without a shirt on. He's just kind of hanging there. It's rough. Or maybe it's not care. Let's see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rough, rough time. Anyway, she gets there. She pulls out her lightsaber. Uh, she threatens him. She's like, we've got to do better than this. Yada, yada, yada. And then she's like, hey, by the way, your droids have been poisoning your droids have been poisoning your your people, your land. And they're like, really? And she's like, yeah, here's some proof. She breaks one of the droids and takes the component, one of the components out of the droids and like takes some of the grass and drops some of the liquid from the droid on the grass and it just burns it. And they're like, oh yeah, I guess you're right. They are destroying our planet. <laughs> so the droids and were she's just like, not getting on that one spot. Essentially, right? Huh? Because you said like it, there was a spot where Vader was making it so that the droids were cleaning that spot so that they could survive. Right. Yeah, but they were killing the rest of the planet. That there was yeah. Everything else, but that one spot was glowing. Yeah. Yeah. So then she's like, hey, so I'm going to cut this dude down because he doesn't deserve to be shamed. And the Empire is wrong and you should fight the Empire. Uh, so Han and Lando are on a, I guess this is like a, uh, casino ship underneath the water. Oh. And they are looking for, I think, Ferris. Yep, they found Ferris. And then while they're talking to Ferris about trying to get uh, information on the fleet, Thrawn shows up, and I'm pretty sure he attacks him. Yeah, yeah, yeah it says he, shark. He fires on him. That's, that means attack. Huh? It says sharked. That means it's attack. Shrocked. Sh- yeah, they got him. Boom, boom, boom. And then we're in issue number six. So Han and Lando, by the way, are underneath the the water 
in a being fired upon by the Empire. So go so back to that cover photo. Okay. Do you see that face in the background? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that supposed to be Joris? Oh, okay. Or Santa? Hmm. Or both? What if Joris is Santa? Joris Claus? Oh my! That would explain how he gets around. That would also explain the whole world. How he can one pick night. who's naughty and nice. Oh yeah, he senses it through the force. Mm, you heard it yeah. here first, folks. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Breaking news: We just uncovered the secret. To, the secret to Christian uh, Christmas. <laughs> that's what I meant to say. Also, Luke's face looks kind of like a like a monkey. A little bit. Yeah, I was gonna say like a nogri. He has no nose. Oh, a nogri, yeah. He has no nose. But it also looks like oh, you know, like a Lego haircut too. Like he just that's snapped true. it on. Wearing it. His face kind of reminds me of a Titan's face from Attack on Titan. I don't know what that is. So. Mm, yeah. Oh. Kind a little bit. of. Also, like I'd like to make no note. nose like a Michael Jackson. Yeah. Oof. Ooh, my bad. Too soon. Uh, too soon. Oh gosh. <laughs> so also the hilt of his lightsaber is like a combination of his and Darth Vader's, and then it's a green blade. Yeah, I don't like it, but so. Anyways, so we p- we're picking up right where we left off. Han Solo is is under attack, and they're destroying this ship. And uh, Han Solo uses it as an opportunity to throw a box at the wraith <laughs> that Ferris. Where did the box come from? He fell against the box. And oh. while he was falling against the box, he picked it up and he said, yeet, and takes care of the shadow. Uh, and then... Oh, that's rough. So the wraith flies up against i guess a shelf full of alcohol and gets covered in it even though he's a shadow and then han shoots it and catches him on fire that's what's up that's pretty cool. so there's that and now he's got to find they're they're trying to get out they're running being shot at they're running and uh han's like come on he landers like come on where and he's like to escape pops pops Oh, skate pods! Gosh, it looks like a P. I thought he's—I thought he called Lando Pops for some. Come on, like, Pops! That's super weird. Come on, Pops! <laughs> Let's get that alone out of here. Nah, he's like time to the escape pods. We're getting out of here. So we're back on Coruscant now. So Han has made it back, and Talon Card is there, and Freylia is there. They're talking about the fleet. Freylia's being a little jerk behind the scenes even though he's kind of looking he looks kind of buff little not gonna lie look maybe maybe it's the fur yeah i was gonna say he's a little hairy yeah a little goatish yeah han's like you're making a mistake don't come after Admiral akbar don't do it yada 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 then we've got mara jade on top of a building in coruscant and she's had she has a vision of the emperor and he's like you will kill luke skywalker and she's like i'm trying Yada yada yada, and she turns around and cards there, and they're talking about stuff. Um, and let's see, he's like, I want you to spy on the Bothan. We're gonna keep going, and then now we have what looks like 
a Karelian freighter. Not a Karelian freighter, uh, but mm-hmm. the one that's kind of like the Tantive Four. Mm-hmm. Um, that was called. Yeah, it was like yeah. Okay. But they come out of hyperspace and they're in space, and then they show up. And what are you looking at? Where are you laughing at? She said they came out of hyperspace and they're in space. Well, duh, they're in hyperspace. <sighs> Drew, if you don't leave me alone, <laughs> we all know. <laughs> Drew, that it, based on the Force Awakens, that you can come out of hyperspace and not be true, in space. True, true. Yeah. You can hyper, and that's canon. You just got to have the best Jedi jump. reflexes in the history of the universe to time that perfectly. And not actually be Force sensitive, yeah. Yeah. And you, yeah. Hyperleap, is that what they're calling it? Hyperjump? Yeah, uh, hyperskip. Hyperjump. Hyperdrive hyper skip. Or hyperjump. Hyperjumping. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, hello. Hello there. Hello there. My cat has made it up onto my desk and is literally standing in between me and my computer. Thank you. Okay. So they find uh, what they think is the fleet, and they're going out to look at it. And then all of a sudden, bzap, bzap, <laughs> the Star Destroyer <laughs> comes out of hyperspace. <laughs> and you know what happens. Uh... Freyla actually tries to commandeer the ship and he points a gun at pregnant Leia, which is, that's a jerk. That's a jerk move. Uh, So basically what you're going to see is a battle ensues in space over the Katana fleet. Freyla is being a jerk uh, because he's trying to commandeer the ship. He's, He's trying to say he's in control of the ship, but he's still being a jerk. They're having a battle. Battle's raging on. And then while uh, Han and Luke are on one of the Katana ships, they find this walker. And they use this. It's like a it's like a one-person or like a two-person walker, but it's smaller than an ATST. It's like the ones... Uh, in the beginning of Rebels? In, in Rebels, they had them, I think. Mm-hmm. It was like before... Kind of, but it's like it looks shorter than yeah, that. Yeah, it's a little shorter than that, but... It's like a miniature yeah. chicken So then they walker. just start wrecking. Yeah, they start wrecking stormtroopers. Uh, and then we got a bunch of smugglers that come out. Look at that. Smugglers come out of sp- hyperspace, and they're joining the fight, and they're fighting the Empire. Like, uh, and the Katana... F- Rise of Sk- oh, yeah, yeah, it's... Yep. yep. They just copied this. Possibly. Uh, that would have been better if they actually... Oh... <laughs> uh well yeah. Does Leia fly because yet? It's Garn Bell. It's Garn. It's Garn Bell. I. But what is Leia gonna fly yet? No. <laughs> so, anyways, long story short, they're they're fighting Imperial troops uh, aboard one of these ships, and Luke throws his lightsaber through the hull, and they get sucked out. Well, kind of, but he he brings it back. No, but they get sucked it's out. Like, it's like a light. People. Oh, yeah, they get sucked out. <laughs> oh, yeah. All the stormtroopers are right into space. He So he, he fooshes his lightsaber at the window. Fooshes, it says. In the middle of this battle. And then what I'm a little bit disappointed about is they don't do a sound effect for them being sucked out into space. Like, <laughs> they, give, they give Luke throwing his saber a fwoosh, 
but nothing to the people being zap. sucked down into space. I forgot zap before. It was zap. Yeah, but what's zap okay? Foosh. But what's the zap? Zap foosh. Is like, zap the sound no, that zap is like, turning it on? No, no. It's a click. I think it's, it's already on. I don't know. It's like a zap. It swooshes through the air. I don't know. The zap is totally <laughs> unnecessary. The foosh I can understand, but but yeah, there's no sound effect for them getting sucked down to space. That's for sure. Wait, they destroyed the chimera. No. But they did ram one of the ships into a Star Destroyer. It wasn't the Chimera, okay. though. I was going to say, what? Yeah, Luke. So Mara was in a, a Z-something, whatever it is, headhunter. She had to eject into space, and he grabs her out of space using the Force. Luke does help. Um, and then aboard, Luke and Han are aboard the, aboard the Katana. True. And you find out, like we read in the summary, bum, 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 that all the stormtroopers are fresh clones. Mm, fresh. Boom. Meat. Yeah. So let's read this last cell because this is the last. This is the last one. The next one is the third book. Mm. So aboard the katana, Luke views the bodies of the Imperial troops. I don't suppose there's any chance of a mistake. Uh, Han says Leia's running a genetic check, but I don't think so. Clones. Luke says, so that's it. The Empire's found a set of Sparty cylinders and has them working, which he got, remember, from the mountain in the first book. Han says, which means it's not going to take them years to find and train crews for their new dreadnoughts that they stole in the, the course of the battle. And Luke says, I've got a real bad feeling about this, Han. And he said, yeah, join the club. And then that's the it. That's the end. Dang. So That's very cool. How long are those... Because those clones have had had taken like, if they did twice the aging process, another ten years. No, not in, not in this book. Yeah, but those were adult like weeks, adult things. So they aged a hundred times faster than normal. It could it could have been a matter of a few weeks. So, depending on the cloning technology they have. So would that mean like, if they grew that fast that like. They have like a weak lifespan then. No, there's an off button. We're thinking about he's it gonna, too much. He's going to turn like 80 years old like <laughs> next week. <laughs> no, there's an off button. You can turn it off. Oh. Yeah, there's an off Come button. Come on, Jeremiah. It's a switch. Speaking of speaking of buttons, uh, Drew, where would someone go to hit the follow and, and like buttons on our social medias? Um, You could go... <laughs> Follow us on Instagram and on Facebook at Empire Radio Podcast. And yeah, then, yeah. Jeremiah, where can they find us elsewhere? Um, those are the only two, right? What am I YouTube. Missing? Oh, yeah, YouTube. I forgot about that. You can find us on YouTube, Empire Radio, a Star Wars <laughs> podcast. We're we're just trying to we're we're trying to figure out how to do po- podcasts on YouTube and stuff. So, yes. Um, um, bear with us. Um, last week's episode, we were talking about how it's going to be on YouTube. We had a lot of technical difficulties. And then we did it for the last episode of The Mandalorian. That is on live. It's a little glitchy, but you can go watch our reaction of us talking if you haven't already listened yeah. to that episode. Um, this week, 
it seems like we might have a, some technical difficulties. So I don't know if this one's going to be up on YouTube. So just bear with okay. us. It's coming. We're trying to figure out the best way possible. But we do have a lot of good content over on YouTube anyways. So we had three do, videos yeah. that went up in two days over there. So there's some catching up to Boom. do. Um, I did a Black Friday hunt in the wild hunt, and it was really cool. And so go check out that video. And then Andrew outperformed once again with his cuffling. It's not a competition. Cuffling review. And um, cuffling, if you're watching this or hearing this. Well, they, they already re, uh, re-put their there you go. the video on their Instagram. So, so yeah, if if you don't understand why Andrew's not doing my, all the reviews, my we video don't know and, either. My video and Drew's video have not been... Mm. Uh, re uh, posted by cufflings. So, um, <laughs> cufflings email well, at Empire Radio and complain that Andrew didn't do well. That's fair. <laughs> anyway, or so yeah. Anyways, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Go over, go over to YouTube, and if you subscribe to us on YouTube and you hit the bell icon, and we do go live Ooh. on a Tuesday night Ooh. or a Friday, you will night. have the chance. Or a Friday night, you will have a chance if we if we do go live to catch it uh you know if it's going to break before it breaks you'll catch it before it breaks and if it doesn't break you'll be able to catch the whole thing and there's a live chat it's fun we had like 30 people at one point or something like that didn't we mm-hmm. was it, or maybe it wasn't that many it was, was it like it 30 was a, people it was a lot more than i, I think could. it was thirty thousand actually oh yeah yeah right yeah. so you know you know the the old saying where th- where 30 people are gathered it's an empire radio party oh so if people you are wanna... gathered you're missing out <laughs> So make sure you you're really missing out. So <laughs> if you want to be a part of the next party, get over to YouTube, hit the subscribe button, and then hit the bell icon so that you can stay up to date and never miss another video. Yes. But that was book two of the Thrawn trilogy, Dark Force Rising, because the Dark Force very well did rise yes. in this book. So uh, do you guys have anything else? Nope. Just make sure you also leave a comment wherever you're listening to this. If you have any suggestions on stuff you want us to do next. Also, you can leave a sweet voicemail. We did get some cool voicemails over the week and those are going to be posted, um, potentially on the next episode of empire radio. So make sure you tune in if you want to hear yourself. So leave another voicemail or more people will read voicemails. You can find all those links. Yeah right below where you're listening to this. Yeah. So just a heads up, everyone. Here's what you've got to look forward to next. Well, Friday, I'll start with Friday. We're going to be discussing on the Empire Radio podcast uh, episode, or chapter 14, yep. which will be episode six of season two of The Mandalorian. So we'll be uh, doing that Friday night, and you'll get to listen to that Friday night or Saturday morning, depending on where you are in the world. Yep. And then the following Tuesday, what you have to look forward to is a wrap-up uh, of this Thrawn trilogy, Expanding Universe Thrawn trilogy, where we are going to be discussing um, the third book, The Last Command. The final, The Last Command. Yes. So we'll be wrapping up this series. Um, so you got some stuff to look forward to. So make sure you come back. If you haven't followed the podcast on your preferred streaming app, please do so. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Um and, and stick around. Yeah, We've got a, a lot of lot quick, more stuff. Quick plug. Also, I've said this before, but in January, I'll be doing season two of my Bad Batch fan fiction. So yep. if you haven't listened to season one, uh, go. You've got time. You've got time. And so there's only three episodes for that one, or three recordings, I should say, 
Um, right. Right. But uh, I'm working hard on getting season two done. I'm almost done with episode five, and it's. I think you. I think Andrew, you're really gonna like episode five. And I hope I do. It, there's, a, there's a lot of things in there you're going to like. <laughs> but, uh, all right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm excited for that. So go check that out. Um, January is when we're doing that season two. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, without further ado, you've been listening to another entertaining episode of the Empire Radio Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Jeremiah. I'm Drew. And may the force be with you. Oh, oh.